We're the Denver Broncos cheerleaders, and you're listening to Sports Crunch with DCROM. Kittens are. This is Sports Crunch with Decrom. I'm your host, David Cromwell. It may be hard to believe, but we are less than two weeks away from the moment Roger Goodell officially puts the Carolina Panthers on the clock to kick off the 2023 NFL Draft. And today, we proceed to the halfway point of our annual NFL Draft Divisional Tour, the AFC West. Last season, people were talking about the AFC West like it was going to be the most competitive division in NFL history and the possibility of all four teams in the division making the playoffs for the first time since the 2002 realignment. Most were expecting the Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders to take a giant leap forward and the Vaughted Chiefs to take a significant enough step backward after trading away Tyreek Hill. But the exact opposite happened. As the Chiefs won their second Super Bowl in four years and put themselves on dynasty watch, while the other three teams tremendously disappointed. What exactly can the Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers do in this draft to gain even a millimeter on the Chiefs? Our good friend Nick Kendall of Mile High Huddle has graciously joined us today to answer that question and a lot more. Great to have you with us as always, Nick. How you doing, my man? I am doing pretty well. Just been busy with work and uh, getting ready for summer, man. I'm so ready for it to be nicer. It's been colder than heck out here in Seattle, and I've been working like a madman, uh, but uh, it'll be... Days are getting longer and good weather's around the corner. So just looking forward to that. And you should have been in Chicago this week. We've had summer weather all week long, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I know. My friends in the Midwest back in uh, Quad Cities, Iowa, I've, been, I've seen a lot of Snapchats and Instagram posts about, you know, 85 degrees, 80 degrees. So <laughs> that's that's okay. You guys can keep that uh, for now. But I'm I'm kind of out on the the extremes, you know, the negative degrees and the 100 degrees. <laughs> yeah, miss me with that. I'll, I'll, I'll live in the cold for now. Uh, yes, there's a side of me that would much rather have the Seattle weather right now. I'll tell you that. And uh, let's start with the uh, team you cover, uh, the Denver Broncos. And when it comes to the Broncos, they only have five picks in this draft as of right now due to the Russell Wilson and Sean Payton trades. Yet, this still promises to be a rather fascinating draft for them, given the diametrically opposite draft philosophies in their front office. As you know, Broncos GM George Payton is of the theory that accumulating as many picks as possible gives you a better chance of fitting on multiple players, and that's usually done by trading back. But Sean Payton is now the guy in charge for Denver, and he and Mickey Loomis constantly went with a quality-over-quantity approach to the draft during their time together in New Orleans, including many times when they traded up the board. Come draft weekend, do you think the Broncos will go with George Payton's approach, Sean Payton's approach, or somewhere in between? I think it'll be a little bit in between. This is actually our discussion today um, on the uh, building the Bronco or Broncos for breakfast podcast. Where we talked about trade up, trade down, talked a lot about a lot of the stats. I think the Broncos, if the player they like does fall to within a striking distance, I wouldn't shock to see them package some picks to move up. But then I think the compromise for that would be, is let's say they take 67 in their fourth rounder to move up to pick 50 or something to, to move up for a player somewhere around there. I don't know the exact uh, trade chart, trade value chart there, but then I could see them trading 68 uh, to recoup picks that they just gave up to uh, move up from 67 after that. So I think you're going to see a little bit of both uh, for the Broncos. And it's going to depend, of course, on how the board falls. Oh, absolutely. And uh, throughout this spring, there has been trade shatter surrounding two of the Broncos wide receivers, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Would you anticipate the Broncos trading one or both of them during the draft? I think it's certainly a possibility. It could happen. I 
think Albert Breer has brought up a little bit more of the smoke there recently uh, with both those guys potentially being involved in a trade. But I think the Broncos are going to hold fast for now in their trade value. And if nobody's willing to pay what they view as value uh, for those guys, then they'll hold on to them. It will be interesting also to see, let's say the, the board falls a certain way and a wide receiver they love falls to pick 67, 68. Maybe then after the draft, you see them move a guy for 2024 capital. Uh, but for now, I think that the safest bet I would say is keeping them, but I'm going to be honest, it's not based on any inside information or anything. That's just the intuition and a gut feeling. Definitely. Anything could happen on that front, Nick. And uh, now on to the Raiders. Since the Raiders uh, didn't have picks in the first two rounds last year due to the Devontae Adams trade, this is, in essence, the real first draft for the Josh McDaniels-Dave Ziegler regime in Vegas. All mm -hmm. indications are that the Silver and Black, despite signing Jimmy Garoppolo to essentially a one-year deal, want to trade up from that number seven overall pick and get a potential long-term answer to quarterback. And the quarterback that's believed to be the apple of the Raiders' eye is Anthony Richardson. And as we've discussed in recent episodes, the NFL is buzzing pretty loudly about the Raiders as a hot candidate to be the team that trades up to that number three overall pick with the Arizona Cardinals. That said, the Raiders will have stiff competition to do so as the Titans and maybe the Colts would like to get into that spot. If you're Raiders general manager Dave Ziegler, do you move heaven and earth? To get a deal done with Cardinals GM Monty Ossetford, who, by the way, he knows very well from their time together with the Patriots by sometime next week, if not sooner, rather than waiting until the night of the draft to pull the trigger. I think you can't make that move unless you are you have three quarterbacks that you like equally or like good enough to trade up for, or you have some assurances that you know how picks one and two are going to go. It does not seem like anybody's going to trade up before the draft occurs right now, which makes me think that there's still some unknown slash undecided nature with a uh, Houston and uh, Carolina at uh, two and one there, but it depends on how the board falls uh, without a doubt in my mind. If, the, if they love a guy who falls there, let's say CJ Strouds are number one and Carolina ends up taking Anthony Richardson and then Houston takes uh, Bryce Young, then potentially you see the Raiders move up. But the fact that nobody has moved up to that three spot yet makes me think it's coming on draft day. If they love one of those quarterbacks, I'm always going to be a proponent of being aggressive and going, getting that guy but you have to like them enough to put your job on the line for that. Cause if you miss on that pick, you're everybody's fired. Oh, absolutely. And could another uh, reason why uh, such a trade might not happen until the Cardinals are on the clock is because that's how Monty Ossinport wants it. Takes two to tango. Yep. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think the Cardinals would love to trade back and still stay in the top seven. I mean, that Cardinals defense is devoid of talent. Their offensive line could use some help. DeAndre Hopkins might not be there very long. Uh, we'll see what the Cardinals do. Heck, maybe they take an offensive lineman and uh, clear the runway for uh, Caleb Williams next season a little bit, you know, set the set the board for a young quarterback to come in because that's a dreadful team. And one player that they can take at three overall is not going to be a massive difference maker for them unless they love one of these quarterbacks, but that doesn't seem to be the direction they're going. Oh, definitely. And I was also kind of thinking about this potential scenario for the Raiders. Let's say the Carolina Panthers take Bryce Young with that first overall pick, as is expected right now. And then the Texans, the buzz is getting louder and louder by the day that they do not like any of the non-Bryce Young quarterbacks uh, in this draft. So they could uh, stay put at two and take uh, Will Anderson or trade back and uh, accumulate an extra first for 2024 and use that extra first to potentially move up to get one of the quarterbacks next year. And next year's class uh, with uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, uh, Michael Penix at all is uh, regarded to be even better than uh, this year's uh, quarterback class. So if uh, you're uh, Dave Ziegler, 
You also know Nick Casario well from uh, your days together in New England. Would you be placing a phone call to Nick Casario ASAP to explore the possibility of trading up there? I would uh, just see what the offers are. I don't think, again, I don't think Houston is going to trade uh, that pick until they know that Bryce Young is off the board based on what it seems like they're talking about right now. But let's say Bryce Young goes number one. Well, then the phones are buzzing at number two overall. So certainly a possibility. I love that we have some unknowns and intrigue uh, entering the draft uh, just before the draft even kicks off here. So will be fun to follow. I'm not sure how it's going to play out, uh, but yeah, for sure. Um, if they love a quarterback and Houston isn't going to take one there, then why not call? Uh, why not try to get up there? And that maybe is another reason that teams are waiting on pick number three right now, right? Like, let's say Absolutely. Uh, you, they're going to take a quarterback. They're going to take a quarterback. Well, maybe somebody jumps you then uh, to go get a guy. If Houston decides, oh, Bryce Young is gone. Let's move out of this spot. So we'll be very interesting uh, to follow and see how it all plays out. Yep, the drama is only going to get more intense just as the NFL and we all like it uh, these next uh, two weeks. And now on to the Chargers. Despite having one of the top three or four quarterbacks in the game with Justin Herbert, the Chargers now find themselves at a crossroads. They have to pay Justin Herbert a gargantuan market-setting contract extension soon. Yet, as a Benjamin Albright of KOA Radio and Denver reported, they find themselves in a cash crunch due in large part to the Spanos family's internal legal disputes. Also, according to OverTheCap.com, the Chargers are projected to be nearly $12 million over the cap in 2024. Thus, after this season, it is very possible that they may have to part ways with players like Keenan Allen, Khalil Mack, and J.C. Jackson in order to save more cap space and cash to fund an extension for Justin Herbert. If you're Chargers GM Tom Telesco, do you use this draft to plan a year ahead by selecting players you think could both contribute in situational roles this year and replace the production of those aforementioned players in 2024? Yeah, you have to set yourself up to do that. But I mean, at the same time, this is this is your window, right? You have the quarterback on the rookie contract. So really, you got to go for it. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see them go heavy on the immediate contributors and the weapons and just really try to lean into Justin Herbert on the rookie contract. I hope that they go, I mean, for the sake of that offense and whatnot, I hope they go uh, offensive weapons. I mean, can you imagine them adding like Zay Flowers and Bijan, uh, not Bijan Robinson, um, Jameer Gibbs to that offense and just adding weapons around them, maybe a tight end to round three. That would be a lot of fun uh, for the Chargers. I don't know if they'll go that direction, but I think it's, you know, you got to go for it right now uh, because Justin Herbert is going to be ungodly expensive here pretty soon. Oh, absolutely. And that's kind of like what I was saying. You use this draft both to plan ahead for next year by taking potential re replacements for guys like Keaton Allen or uh, Khalil Mack at all, but uh, guys that are also ready to step into play situationally this year. I think uh, that's the approach they're probably going to go with. Yeah, I think they got to go with that way. I mean, every team's trying to do that, though, right? To some extent, you know, get immediate players, but think long term about the roster as well. So uh, we'll be interesting to watch this Chargers team. I think they are if it wasn't for the Broncos uh, disappointing Chargers would probably be one of the teams too that, you know, a lot of people thought they'd be contending, but the defense kind of didn't do great, even though they spent an ungodly amount of money on that side of the ball. So really interesting to see uh, how it all plays out this season for the Chargers and one of the last years of control they have for uh, Justin Herbert cost control. That is. Oh, you said it. And as mentioned in the intro, the Kansas City Chiefs, winners of two of the last four Super Bowls, did not miss a single beat last year after trading away Tyreek Hill. A big reason why that was so, aside from obviously having the best quarterback on the planet and a future Hall of Fame head coach, is that the Chiefs absolutely nailed, and I mean nailed, their last two draft classes. 
2021 brought them Super Bowl 57 defensive hero Nick Bolton and interior offensive line studs Creed Humphrey, who's an all-pro, and Trey Smith. Last year, they dramatically improved their defense, especially in the secondary, with Trent McDuffie in the first round and day three gems, Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson, and they absolutely stole Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round. But as you know well, Nick, it is very difficult, if not impossible, for teams to continuously draft that well. But if the Chiefs, who have 10 picks this year alone, can get, say, one-fifth of the haul they got last year, would you consider that a success? I mean, one-fifth, that's hard to say, but they're not going to have you know three first-round picks like they did last year with the reset. So I, I wouldn't imagine them to have that much success again, obviously, but this is a team that's built really well. they the Mahomes contract is actually pretty manageable for how it's set up. So yeah, this is a, uh, I think they have a good, another chance to draft really well this season. I think it's a good draft for a lot of their needs as well. I mean, offensive tackle, you think there's going to be somebody there for them, rather, whether it be in the end of the first round, maybe they move around a little bit to get one of those second tier guys. Uh, Dewan Jones, Anton Harrison would be really interesting. Uh, also you talk about edge rusher. This is a pretty darn good edge class. They could use wide receiver. And I think wide receiver is not awesome uh, this year for them, but um uh, yeah, they could, they're going to be a fun team to watch again, and they've done a really good job navigating the draft. And you're not this – I mean, obviously hitting on Patrick Mahomes, having Andy Reid, that makes everything easier <laughs> without a doubt. But uh, still, you have to go out there and hit your picks, and they have done that about as well as anybody considering you know the benefit of the two cheat codes they have. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I was having this conversation with Mark Schofield just a, a few weeks ago. Uh, great quarterbacks can win you Super Bowls, but the combination of a great quarterback and a great head coach can make you a dynasty. And for that reason alone, I have a gut feeling that the Chiefs are going to be giving the uh, early 2000s and 2010s Patriots a run for their money in the years ahead. What do you think? I mean, when you have a quarterback like that, you certainly got a chance. Uh, it's certainly possible. I don't think that betting on it is a good, a good way to go either because injuries happen, right? And Andy Reid is near closer to the end of his coaching career than Bill Belichick was uh, at that point when they were running. Also, you freaking hope to God that the uh, AFC West can uh, create some competition. I mean, was there ever a Justin Herbert caliber quarterback in the AFC East during the Patriots run? not from a talent perspective, I wouldn't say so. And also you got the Broncos money banks going on there. So I hope they have a harder Avenue. And also furthermore, the depth of the quality of quarterbacks in the AFC right now is just unbelievable. Uh, so I think there's a lot more landmines for the, uh, that team. Obviously it was always Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, but now you have, you know, six or seven guys that it's like, Oh my God, any given Sunday, those guys, one of those guys could go off. Trevor Lawrence is emerging. Uh, so that's, I think it's a little bit harder for the chiefs uh, to replicate what the Patriots did, but the two key tenants are there elite quarterback on pace to be the best quarterback of all time. I mean, we'll see if that happens, but I mean, on pace yes. and then Andy Reed. Yeah. I'm not saying uh Mahomes and Reed are going to win six Super Bowls together, but if they just win, say two more Super Bowls together, I think they have an argument for being equally as strong of a dynasty as the Patriots because of the additional landmines they're facing. Yeah. I mean, I'm done doubting them, right? I think everybody should be yeah. done doubting them. They've been incredible. Definitely. And he is Nick Kendall, ladies and gentlemen, mile high cuddle. Follow him on Twitter at Nick Kendall, MHH. Nick, thank you so much once again for uh, joining us uh, at the spur of the moment. Uh, we originally uh, had uh, Nick 
Kendall's sidekick on the uh, Building the Broncos podcast, Carl Dumbler, uh, scheduled to come on for this episode, but unfortunately, Carl came down with a fever. So uh, just a shout out to Carl. Hope uh, you're feeling better, buddy, and I can't wait to have you back on the show. But before we let you go, uh, Nick, it's time to do my favorite part of this uh, Addy Will NFL Draft Divisional Tour. Three-round mock drafts for all four AFC West teams, and we start with the Broncos. Unfortunately, trades are not allowed as we uh, use this uh, PFF mock simulator, so you're going to have to make two picks back-to-back here. Broncos now on the clock at 67. You say they need uh, another boundary corner. Uh, DJ Turner is on the board. Uh, Donald Washington for some I mean, that's, inexplicable reason, taking... but that, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen, though, Nick. <laughs> Don't I mean, his that. average his average draft position is fifty six. That's uh not that's not uh, too far away, right? Uh, it's not yeah. going to happen. But uh, with him being available, that would be my pick here. Uh, if you're not yeah. al- if you're not allowing that, then I'll go a different direction. But uh, he uh, is. Uh, I might allow that, but let's uh, see who's uh, still left. DJ Turner, Clark Phillips the third. Now the Broncos do need more boundary corner help, but Kawan Williams is coming out of contract next year. If, if you get a guy like Clark Phillips the third year to play that slot corner position, you definitely have to consider him here. I got to say, I am not as big on the small. I think the game has changed enough over the last three to five years uh, that the minuscule cornerbacks in the slot are starting to be phased out a little bit. Uh, you're starting to see some of those small oh, guys. Big play slots, big slots. With the big yeah. slots. I mean, they are targeting them in the run game left and right. You're seeing not only the bigger, uh, more physical wide receivers playing there, but you're seeing a lot more flex tight ends out there playing 12 personnel kind of run looks with 11 personnel on the field. And I think that you're seeing teams go away from those like minuscule uh, cornerbacks in the slot for guys who are a little bit thicker, better tacklers and uh, more of a plus player in the, the run fits. So yeah, I don't, I'm not a huge Clark Phillips fan and early third, if he was there, you know, very last like five picks of the third round or fourth round, then we can have a discussion, but uh, he's just not the athlete, not the size that I'm looking for a good football player, but I did the tape left me. Uh, I had some questions about the tape in the, the competition level and just the style of play in the Pac-12 that he faced. Uh, another great corner option here is Darius Rush out of South Carolina, and uh, he's expected to go uh, in uh, this range. Another position the Broncos are looking at is that interior offensive line. Uh, let's see, uh, Chandler Zavala. I think they actually had a bit on one of those so-called top 30 visits, but it's not necessarily the top 30 guys on the board. It's just 30 guys you could bring in uh, per draft cycle. Uh, and, uh, Oh, uh, Juice Scruggs. Uh, the, the interior offensive line cupboard is pretty bare right now, and they're specifically targeting center. So uh, that's uh, uh, not an option we're going to go with right now. Uh, they also want to look at speed-wide receivers. And uh, Jalen Hyatt is still on the board, although the kind of system he comes out of from Tennessee, my good friend Manny Brown, when we did our NFC West preview uh, last week, he said Jalen Hyatt scares the crap out of him. Uh, yeah. in a bad way because of the that t- uh, Tennessee offense. Uh, but they're specifically looking for speed guys. But Marvin Mims is still on the board. Uh, I think he would be a tremendous option for them here. Uh, so uh, at You can edge, get rid of those positions too if you want to make it, if you click them off. That way it's easier to see what the positions you're looking at. Absolutely. And uh, now let's take a look at edge for now. Uh, edge, Isaiah McGuire, Carl Brooks, although I think he's more of a inside-outside guy, but that actually isn't a bad thing for Vance Joseph. That's Derek Hall of Auburn still on the board. KJ Henry out of Clemson. Byron Young out of Tennessee. Keon White. Uh, Keon, Keon White, White was uh, still there. Uh, but, but Keon White, uh, PFF, uh, appears to be far lower on him than uh, the NFL is. So uh, what's your pick here? Donald Washington or one of those receivers, corners, or edge players? 
Can you hit X on that just so I can see the complete board again? I do want to say Antonio Johnson is interesting. Uh, he played a lot of slot. He is extremely long, and he's a safety right now. The Broncos have Caden Stearns at safety, and I like Caden Stearns a lot, but he's been injured both years in the NFL so far, fifth-round pick. And after him, you don't have a lot of options. But I'm definitely taking Darnell Washington with one of these picks. You can put that one in. All right, Donald Washington here at 67. So you get uh, the Broncos a potential weapon in the receiving game, but at least a tremendous inline blocker that will help that Sean Payton running game out. And now back on the clock again at 68, you could still take Ant Antonio Johnson or uh, DJ Turner if you want your corner, or uh, we talked about Darius Rush of the uh, of, uh, South Carolina. or uh, Tucker Craft, is, if we didn't just take another man, they really devaluing the tight ends in this one. He's a really good player as well that uh, Darnell Washington wasn't there. We at least have a discussion about I'm in between Darius rush and Keon white. I'm going to have to go with my own, uh, my own brand though, and go with the, uh, the pass rusher, uh, the defensive lineman, versatile inside, outside athletic freak. Uh, he's not even on the board here for some reason, but uh, he's still pretty raw, um, but the Broncos have avenues to use and they can specialize with him. Uh, average draft position 80, I guess, uh, whatever. I'll take the athletic guy here who's inside-outside pass rusher with tremendous upside. Absolutely. Oh, that would be a dream third-round haul for the Broncos at 67 and 68 if the board uh, fell that way. And now on to the Las Vegas Raiders. We're on the clock with the uh, seventh overall pick. Uh, Will Levis is the uh, top remaining quarterback on the board, but you also got Devon Witherspoon out of Illinois. You need a lot of help at corner, and he is that uh, physical corner that a lot of NFL teams love. But uh, th th there's a lot of debate. Uh, who's the better corner, him or Chris Gonzalez? Uh, most uh, draft outlets uh, I follow seem to like Chris Gonzalez better uh, for one reason or another. But you can't go wrong with either one of those guys at corner. Uh, Peter Skaronsky, if you want to upgrade that offensive line, uh, whether you think he's a tackle or God, this guy can play all five positions, he's definitely worth it in the top 10, at least in my opinion. I know you probably differ with me uh, there. And uh, Paris Johnson, Jr. of Ohio State. Uh, Darnell Wright, if you want a right tackle as a bookhead for uh, Colt Miller, he can make more sense here than people think. Yeah, I'd also think Nolan Smith could be an option, as well as uh, Lucas Van Ness. Uh, those guys, I think, are going to be in that top 15 range when it all said and done. But for the board, if I was picking here, I'd be taking Christian Gonzalez. Uh, I think he is the best cornerback in the draft. He's got good ball skills, uh, good length. He's not as physical as a... Uh, Devon Witherspoon, but uh, that's okay with me. He's he's uh, got length and ball skills. So next up on the clock here, a lot of guys available. Uh, Raiders need a lot of help on the defense. I mean, uh, you, need a law, you need a long-term bookhead for Max Crosby. Ojalary or uh, Felix out of DK Uzama could be easily be options here. I mean, heck, there's Adi Adi as well. Oh, out of Tommy Wadabare. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, I'll probably go with Adi uh, Adi uh, just for the athletic athleticism, BJ Ojalari was very tempting, but I like a little bit more physical players uh, personally. So I think the uh, adding the inside outside, uh, one of my favorite players in the entire draft class um, for this one, yeah. Darnell Washington on the board again. I don't know what's going on uh, here. Well, uh, we can't give Darnell Washington the Raiders because the Broncos took him in their mind. Oh, so, so it's uh, a different, it's the same simulator every time. Uh, uh, it's the Josh, same draft. Josh Jacobs is on the franchise tag and I'm not sure they're going to extend it, but Zach Charbonnet is as well-rounded a back as you can get. Yeah, let's continue to look at the board here just to see who's available. But running back is certainly an option. Mm, yeah, Josh, Trent, Trenton Simpson, he, he's intriguing. He is intriguing, a good uh, height, weight, speed kind of guy. We already took ourselves a uh, – you know what? Let's go with Hendon Hooker here. Uh, they've been linked with a lot of quarterbacks. I don't think he's going to be here when it's all said and done, but he taking a taking a dice roll on the quarterback position. They didn't trade up for one in our mock, obviously, so let's take Hooker here. 
Absolutely. And I believe that concludes. No, they have one more. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. And let's take Tajay Spears here. We still get a running back. Uh-huh. Somebody got a little juice to the offense. Um, continue to work things there. Darius Rush should probably be awesome too, but I see uh, um, he's up a little bit. He was one of the top picks. Taj- yeah, Tajay Spears. Uh, uh, Tajay Spears absolutely stole the show at the senior ball. Uh, if uh, J- Josh McDaniels gets him in his offense, look out. And now on to the Chargers. Uh, Deontay Banks uh, is the uh, best player on the board right now. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. also on the board. Uh, three good edge rushers, Nolan Smith, Miles Murphy, Will McDonald the fourth. Like I said, they might have to cut bait with Khalil Mack after uh, this season. Bijan Robinson's still on the board here. Bijan Robinson would be a sneaky good pick here for the Chargers because uh, Austin Eckler, uh, he's requested a trade. And even if he doesn't get that trade, he's in the last year of his contract. And as great as Austin Eckler has been over the uh, past uh, couple years, he isn't necessarily a full-time back. Bijan Robinson could be a weapon that Austin Eckler never was for them. And I love Austin Eckler. I just can't do it. Uh, there's too many other players that I still like on the board. I'm uh, J- Jordan Addison. This is a guy to watch out for the Chargers. As a Jordan Reed of ESPN reported, uh, the uh, current Chargers uh, wide receivers coach coached Jordan Addison at the University of Pittsburgh. Interesting. I did not know that connection. I'm going to, I'm between banks here and Nolan Smith, but again, I got to go with my brand. I'm going to go with the defensive trench player here, Nolan Smith. I mean, he tested like a freak. I'm curious to see if he transitions to more of the uh, second level linebacker, but he held his own at the edge position. Um, I think he's going to be a really fun weapon in the league and somebody that uh, they can take advantage of and use. I don't know if he's the best scheme fit Brandon Staley, but Brandon Staley looked pretty uh, different. Lara was able to switch things around. He's very matchup based last year. This one's easy for me. We passed Bijan Robinson and this is the hope what I was hoping would happen. Jameer Gibbs, yes. Jameer Gibbs falling to 54. I don't think this will happen in real life, but uh they get the benefit here of taking a uh, another really good player and playing the somebody might pass in the running back game. And then the next pick here, easy again, Tucker Craft. They could use a tight end. Another person to add to the offense, Tucker Craft is a really good blocker, uh not a obviously not a level of a uh, darn all right, but he gets out there. He fights after it. Uh, fun player for them. And uh, somebody who I uh, believe will be a good player for a long time. We're on the board now with the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, Dewan Jones uh, at, at, at right tackle. Uh, Lucas Niang might be the, the guy right now, but I think they'd be getting an upgrade in Dewan Jones. He would be an upgrade. I mean, Michael Mayer right there, too, is pretty hard to pass on, uh, especially with they've been playing. And I think they really made a big shift last season adding uh, more tight ends to that offense, using a lot more tight ends. Andy and he's always loved tight ends. He's always loved tight ends. Uh, Travis Kelsey is getting a little bit longer in the tooth. Uh, this is just one where, I mean, positional value screams edge and offensive tackle, but Mayer is one that seems too good to pass up here. Although that being said, tight ends keep falling in these mock simulators that we're doing. Wait, I can't take the same guy again, right? So we haven't taken him yet. Let's just go with Michael Meyer. Uh, let's do it. He's a really uh, surefire player, consistent. You can do a lot of different things with him. Uh, and uh, they get a very safe player and somebody who can work with Travis Kelsey and give them a really unique uh, 12 personnel team. Yeah, and we're back on the clock again. Uh, I don't think they need a running back after Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, Andre Carter, oh, uh, he's all over the map when it comes to uh, these uh, big boards. Uh uh, you don't need a center. You got arguably the best center in football right now in Creed Humphrey. Uh, you got a stacked secondary right now. Uh, we can't give them Donald Washington because we uh, gave him to the Broncos. Rashi Rice, or, or would Andy Reid be open to selecting a guy like Jalen Hyde? If there's any guy that could make Jalen Hyde work at the NFL, it could be Andy Reid. Andy Reid would be a good one. I mean, they do need 
another safety too, right? It's Mike Edwards out there. Uh, other than that, so both safeties out there were at least a little bit interesting for me. Uh, Antonio Johnson, there was another one on the board there that was uh, interesting as well. Uh, I think let's go Antonio Johnson. They continue out of the secondary. He's a really unique player. Got tremendous length. Uh, has done a lot of good yeah. things for them and somebody that I haven't had a chance to talk about very much uh, given the Broncos, but I haven't seen him falling on these mock drafts so much, honest to God. So uh, Bron- uh, Chiefs on the board again here, looking for wide receiver talent, looking for defensive line. Uh, let's pull up wide receiver and defensive line, if you would. Yeah, wide receiver, defensive line. Let's see, wide receiver here. Uh, Keisha Butte. oh my God, that guy has to be undrafted in my opinion. He has been a massive disappointment, not just last season, but throughout the whole uh, pre-draft process. Uh, Marvin Mims is perfect for them. Uh, 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 so is Tyler uh, Scott. Uh, either of them makes sense. Or Jaden Reed or Trey Palmer, either one of these four. Take one of them, Patrick Mahomes will make him a star. <laughs> yeah. Let's see who's available still at edge and defensive line as well. But uh, right now I am leaning a uh, wide receiver. Yeah, very good point. Uh, they did uh, say goodbye to uh, Frank Clark. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, Byron Young, uh, 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 no, he- we gave the Broncos goodbye. Zach Harrison, a very good inside-outside uh, guy uh, that uh, I think Spagnuolo would love to try to utilize. Uh, All right, I think I'm ready for my pick. I'm going to give them uh, Marvin Mims here. Uh, they add another wide receiver to the boundary. Uh, they add weapons here. They're truly trying to lean into uh, Patrick Mahomes. They took uh, multiple interesting players there. So yeah, let's, uh, that was fun. I always like doing that. I haven't done one where we've done four separate simulators. Uh, so good time. It was a good time indeed. And he is Nick Kendall, ladies and gentlemen, Mile High Huddle. Catch his work at milehighhuddle.com and follow him on Twitter at Nick Kendall MHH. Thank you once again, Nick. And that's it for today here on Sports Crunch. But we'll be back in just a few days as our 2023 NFL Draft Official Tour proceeds to the AFC North with our good friend Bill Carroll. So stay tuned. Also, be sure to follow me on Twitter at tcrub 59 and on Instagram and now TikTok at Sports Crunch with TCrum. And remember, that's Crunch with a K. For Nick Kendall, this is David Cromwell saying so long, and whatever you do, and I know you agree with me, Nick, please choose love, please choose kindness, please choose compassion, please choose selflessness, and please choose empathy, which are the core characteristics of the best teammates and teams in all sports. Until next time, cats and kittens, stay cool. (laughs) 